Welcome to Wi-Fi Matters. I'm super excited about today's interview with a very special guest, Nick Loper from Side Hustle Nation. Nick started his podcast, Side Hustle Nation, in 2013. Today, seven years and 384 podcasts later, Nick is an inspiration for podcasters like me who are just starting out. He's in many side hustles. He's an Amazon best-selling author. He's been featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, and Business Insider, and he's spoken at FinCon and also given a TEDx talk, just to name a few of his career highlights. As you know, my focus is to help teens and young adults reach financial independence early on in their lives. We talk about financial literacy so that we can understand the importance of saving money, investing money, and managing money. But the big question is, How do we make this money? So today, I'm really excited to explore this intriguing topic of being a side hustler with Nick. I hope you guys enjoy. That you're here and I can't wait to ask you questions and I'm so excited to get to know more. Well, I'm excited that you've started this show. It's awesome. Thank you. Um, So first, I'm a little curious, what what, what exactly is a side hustle? So I would define a side hustle as anything you're doing to earn income outside of a traditional job. But unlike uh, maybe moonlighting in generations past or unlike delivering pizzas on the weekend, Mm -hmm. there's a more entrepreneurial connotation here where it's like this could eventually become a thing that replaces the day job income that could scale beyond maybe uh, the the humble beginnings, if that makes sense. Yeah, so... Is a side hustle then different than a part-time job because of the entrepreneurial aspect of it? I think so. I mean, I would consider a, I mean, a part-time job, I would consider some of the gig economy stuff, like some of the delivery apps. Like, I still think that falls under the broad umbrella of a side hustle. Mm -hmm. But the more exciting end of the spectrum is the ones that have the uh, ability to move beyond that. Mm Mm-hmm. And so is there um, is there like con- concrete difference between being a side hustler and being an entrepreneur? That's a good question. I when I started the show, the entrepreneurial narrative that I was hearing was, you know, an entrepreneur is uh, somebody who raises venture capital. They have this dream of building a big business and making their dent in the universe, mm-hmm. whereas where I was coming from is like, I was very happy with a lifestyle business. If I could support myself, if I could support my family, that's, that's totally cool. Like, can I not be an entrepreneur? Am I not allowed in the club? And Mm -hmm. that lower risk type of entrepreneurship or maybe smaller scale, Mm -hmm. um, is, is at least from the conversations that I've had more realistic, more attainable for most people who are just looking for like if I could just quit my job like that would be awesome or if I could just like do my own thing that would be awesome so I don't know that they're mutually exclusive but they're you may hear that pushback oh a side hustle isn't a real isn't a real business owner okay so so do you think we're all like um we all we all have this ability to be a side hustle like inside of us or or is it something that we develop over time that's an interesting one because for the longest time I have been 100% in the camp of like, yes, this is in our blood, this is in our DNA, we can figure this out if we need to. But there, there may be some people who are just not 
built for it because it is a challenge. It's uncomfortable. There are some people who are always going to be better off just going to work, collecting a paycheck. They're very good at taking orders. They're less good about the free thinking that needs to happen to create something out of nothing. Mm -hmm. So I, I believe those skills are learnable, but they're more difficult for some than others. And so why do you think that is? Is it like, because, um, the creativity aspect of like coming up with this idea or, um, the creativity part of being a side hustler, do you think some people just lack it or, or some people, um, are like born with it or can develop it? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I think we have had the creativity stamped out of us in a lot of ways through the educational system. I think we have been trained, if you've had any sort of corporate uh, employment, to kind of just follow the rules and think within these guidelines. And it's, it's hard to rewrite those scripts, especially mm-hmm. if you're starting later in your career, later in your life. Because mm-hmm. um, I'll get folks who, who come to me and they're like, I'm 50, I'm 60. It's like, I have no savings. I just lost my job. And it's like, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like learning a language. Uh, yeah, the earlier you start, the easier it's going to be. And so that's why it's awesome that, that you're doing the show as a, as a high schooler. Thank you. Um, so what are some of the important qualities that you are, that you do see inside hustlers? Um, one of the biggest is the, uh, the ability and maybe not so necessarily the desire, but the ability to take that first step or start that first experiment Mm -hmm. without knowing what the outcome is going to be like basically to put on your scientist's hat and say, this is what I would like to test out. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if it's going to work. I hope it does. I don't, I mean, failure, I mean, there's a lot of like glorification of failure. Failure still sucks. There's no, there's not much fun. But if you can become okay with that and say, okay, I learned from that. How am I going to pivot? How am I going to test my next hypothesis? It's almost impossible to not move forward. There's, I don't know where I read this, but there's some rumors going around that Amazon at any given time is testing a thousand different variables on their website from the placement of this button to this link to whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And over they're gathering all this data. Okay, this one improved conversion rates by, you know, 0.02, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And like, that's how they've incrementally gone better and come to dominate e-commerce as we know it. I mean, you can apply the same thing uh, on a really small scale, like what experiment am I running this week, this month, and okay. kind of keep uh, keep going from there. Okay. Um, for me personally, and I think, I think I can speak for like a lot of us teams, like, I don't know, taking the first step, and for everybody really, taking the first step can seem like really daunting. Like even doing this podcast for me, it's like a pretty daunting um, task because I think we place like so much of a precedent on like failure like you're saying. So how do you, um, how do you think like we can overcome that? Like not dismiss failure because it's a, it's a real thing, but, but, but try to like overcome it and take the first, first step because you never know what the consequences of you doing that are because they can be like really, really high. Right. So how can we overcome it? So the first thing is to try and limit your downside. And there's Tim Ferriss actually has a fear setting exercise or framework where he goes through this in detail where he's like, you know, it's got this whole series of questions like, what's the worst case? You know, what's the worst thing that's going to happen if I go through with this? Uh, uh, How bad is that really going to hurt? How permanent is that really going to be? You know, what steps would I take to, you know, get back up to to neutral after that? Um, So that's a really helpful exercise. But 
I kind of want to flip it around and ask you, like, how did you get over that inertia to to start this thing up? I mean, like, I think I had this idea and it was sort of like, you know, I, it was, I was mulling over it for a while and like, like, I just wanted to do something. I wanted to be creative and I feel like I'm not exercising that enough. And I mean, I love podcasts. I'm passionate about them. I love listening to them. And I was like, why not try it? And I'm, I mean, like, it's really, it's really, it's, there's a lot of hard work and it's sometimes overwhelming, but, but I mean, I love it. So it's, so I think, I think the reward is, is, is higher than, than anything that I can fail at. Like, even if I like fail at this, do you understand? Right. My friend of mine kind of put it in, in similar terms where it's like the, the cost of failure is relatively low compared to the outsized yeah. payoff if something hits where it's like i could find i could try i could try 20 different things and all have these like you know minor setbacks but i just need one to hit and it erases mm-hmm. all of that and then some yeah um so i was listening to your your ted talk um and you were talking about like the 3 c's could you like expand on that a little more Sure. So the three C's of uh, entrepreneurship are uh, creation, connection, and contribution. And so creation is this, you know, this is the idea of zero to one or something from nothing. Like, what am I going to put out into the world? And I want to be really clear that you do not need uh, a perfect, never before seen business idea. it, it probably doesn't exist, and it's probably super risky if you are coming up with that idea. My experience in, you know, coming up with those types of ideas are, like, they're almost too heavy for liftoff. Like, I don't know the next step. Like, I don't, like, how do I, you know, technologically uh, achieve this thing that I want to do? Too heavy for liftoff. Um, instead, you can think of, well, what could I put out there that's slightly different, better, uh faster, cheaper than what else is already there. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a an evolution rather than a revolution. So I think, and that's a much uh, less risky place to play mm-hmm. rather than, because because somebody else has proven the market for you. They've proven that there's yeah. some customer demand. So that's kind of what I would think of on the, the, the creation front. Not necessarily something completely never before seen, but uh, maybe just a pivot on what's already out there. Mm-hmm. Connection is the marketing piece. It's the, how are you going to get this idea in front of your potential customers? This could be through Amazon. This could be through your own store. This could be through Google ads, Google SEO. This could be flyers in your neighborhood. This could be um, you know posting on Nextdoor or local Facebook groups, whatever it is. It's like, how do, how do you tell people about it? It could be word of mouth, uh, whatever works. And then finally, the uh, contribution piece is like the value. What do customers get from doing business with you? Like what, um, how, how are, are their lives better? Okay, I see. Um, that makes sense. As a teen, um, I I mean, I think I could speak for, for a lot of us and especially myself. I'm always trying to find the fastest way to, to achieve something. Um, do you think there's like a, the fastest, easiest um, way to achieve something? So do you think there's a shortcut to, to success? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think that just about everybody is probably in the same boat there. Like how do, how do I uh, shortcut my learning curve on this stuff? Um, 
if if there is a shortcut, it's trying to kind of keep this uh, formula in mind. And this comes from uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah, he says, if you... Uh, if you're going to define success as as I do, as like kind of freedom over your calendar, like how do I spend my how do I spend my days? Like I don't want to be dictated by my boss saying you got to be here, mm-hmm. whatever else. Like I want to have that kind of time freedom. Um, you are financially free when income from assets you control exceeds your monthly expenses. So when you know your monthly income from a business that you run, investments that you own. Um, is spinning off enough cash that it covers your monthly expenses, mm-hmm. then you're free, right? You've, mm-hmm. you've escaped the rat race. You've gotten farther than most people ever will. And you can tackle that from both sides. You can tackle that from the income side and the expense side. Like how do I uh, spend intentionally, spend consciously and spend frugally such that mm-hmm. um, my my bar is a little bit lower than for a lot of people where the natural tendency is to kind of just inflate my lifestyle yeah. uh, as it goes. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the shortcut that i like I was really grateful to have some excellent math teachers in high school, mm-hmm. specifically on the investing side. Oh, dollar cost averaging and exponential growth and compound interest. And like, hey, look, you know, in 30 years, you'll be a millionaire. What mm-hmm. they could have done was, you know, kind of like put a goalpost in line and saying like, oh, if you only need two grand a month, three grand a month, like here's the here's yeah. the goalpost. And it's like, oh, that would have been a lot more motivating than, you know, just punting it down to you know when you're 65 yeah yeah definitely um do you think there's a generational difference in how um people um people are gonna earn money um especially for my generation where generation z um with there's so much um more like issues that we're gonna be facing as the world like as the years go by do you think there's gonna be a difference in how we're gonna have to make money yes absolutely I don't know what the differences are going to be just yet. I mean, the biggest shift that we've seen, even just in the last 20 years, um, and maybe the past couple generations, if you don't skip one, is like it was the standard to spend your entire career with one company, 30 yeah. years, 35 years, get your golden watch, yeah. and you have a nice life. Uh, that has shifted tremendously to career jumping, uh, you know. The average lifespan is maybe two or three years at any given company now. People are jumping, hey, I got a better offer. Um, and the tremendous rise in freelancing, in contracting, in remote work, in companies saying, hey, I don't want to take on the burden of a full-time employee. And on the flip side, uh, employees saying, hey, look, I can kind of pick and choose my hours, pick and choose the jobs that most interest me. And that's been an interesting trade-off or trend in the last uh, several years as more and more of the workforce has gone has got freelance and so this is do you think this is where side hustling like comes into play then it's a hugely valuable skill to be able to cut your own paycheck in that way to go out find a customer close a deal um, that's a skill that would be mm-hmm. valuable across across generations and certainly into the future mm-hmm and so for teens, what do you think are the best side hustles like I know it should be like individual like what you want to do, what you're passionate about, but um, do you think there's like a couple that we can all try or, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was uh, like babysitting, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I was doing a lot of that, cutting grass, I was trying to sell candy and baseball cards at the end of the driveway and stuff like that. So that stuff, totally still viable. I've seen others uh, do really well kind of in the tutoring space where they've set up, uh, you know, test prep 
type of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, either in partnership with the the guidance counseling office or just through mm-hmm. you know neighborhood word of mouth um, coffee yeah. shop type of stuff. I think that could be really compelling. Um, trying to think of what else would be uh, would be good today. Um, you mentioned passion, and I actually had a guest of mine who warned against starting a business uh, around your passion because mm-hmm. he said if you're passionate about it. Other people are likely passionate about it too. When people are passionate, they do irrational things like work for zero dollars or, you know, they just make decisions that a typical business owner wouldn't. And actually his episode, I'll see what number it is. That was the, uh, he hosts a show called The Sweaty Startup. And it's all about this like local service-based businesses, um, the skills gap in the trades, like in these blue collar type of gigs. And he's like, these companies are making money hand over fist because they can't, because there's only one or two players in town and they're giving estimates that are two months out because they're swamped. There's nobody playing in that space right now. If you can bring a fresh perspective, bring these businesses uh, into modern time where they are Mm -hmm. online, they're doing quotes over the internet, like anything to set yourself up as a differentiator would be awesome. That's Mm -hmm. 370. Aspect of it. Yes. Well, yeah, that's 373 on the side hustle show, the sweaty startup. I love that one. Cool. Um, and finally, what do you, what advice would you um, give to your 15 year old self? Oh my gosh. I don't know if my 15 year old self would listen. <laughs> I was, I wish I was half as smart now as I was back then. Um, my 15 year old self would it's like none of this stuff even existed back then. So it's hard. It's hard to say the the most important thing is, is that idea of getting started and, and understanding, like not overthinking it, making sure that you are okay with, um, with that taking action and understanding there's some like entrepreneurial physics at play where an object in motion tends to stay in motion. So that's probably the biggest thing. Um, and, and that like you, you can figure this out and maybe, that's the second piece of advice is like you will always have hurdles and barriers and Mm -hmm. fires to put out but that's okay your whole life has prepared you for this point you can figure it out you have the the world's information library at your fingertips you can figure this out somebody has probably figured it out before you Mm -hmm. there's a forum post there's a youtube video there's something it sucks in the moment but you can figure it out. And that would be, uh, that probably would have been helpful for some of these uh, stressful times as a teen. Definitely. Um, thank you so much. That was great. Thank you so much for being on the, the podcast. I'm super grateful. Um, yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So that's the end of the interview. It was really kind for Nick to do this interview. And I think I now have a better understanding of the mindset of a side hustler and how important it is to just take that very first step. For us teens, side hustling is a great way for us to improve our confidence, innovation, and also can be a way for us to earn some extra money. If you're interested and would like to know more and maybe even start a side hustle, you definitely should go um, check out Nick's podcast at Side Hustle Nation. Thank you guys so much for listening and don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Wi-Fi Matters. I can't wait to talk to you guys next time.